This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yeah, digging in the garden here. I'll be shoveling along, but it won't be for another half hour. Oh, more than that. Yes, I was yeah, going to yeah. say. Uh, hey, uh, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful day. Beautiful, but hot. Yeah. We just saw somebody well, go running by the window. <laughs> Mind you, she wasn't really running. She was slow jogging. along, yeah. basically, yeah. But I we were real, thinking we should just call 911 now. I'm sure yeah. she's going to be down before she Folks, hits the don't, corner. don't be doing that stuff. No, no running. It's too was, hot. And I said to you just before we went to air, Charlie, mm-hmm. that un... As as crazy as it seems or sounds, yeah. sounds somebody over the next couple of days will either leave a dog or a child in a locked car. Don't do it. Don't do it for God's sake. You know. Yeah. So somebody had um, I forget who the heck it was that they put they put their briefcase in the back seat always. Oh right, yeah. So yeah. That always they always look. have an excuse to look in the back. Oh. There's little Cynthia that right, you know, who yeah. I spaced out was back. That's there. right. Amazing how that can happen. But wow. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Well, anyway, without yes, let's not go too deep and dark. No, there. Let's, no. Let's be happy. Be happy. This is the kind of weather that we are all hoping to get. Say last February. I know. Right? It's true. As much as I'm not a big fan of the heat, I'm not going to bitch about it because soon we'll yeah. be complaining about the cold. Exactly. <laughs> so. Well, as as you're want, I, I better get busy here. Correct. With the phone numbers, get to huh? work, you bum. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. In Toronto, you want to get hold of Charlie Dobbin? Here's how it goes on the Garden Show. You call this number, please: four one six three six zero zero seven forty. And then uh, anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. If you happen to be a first-time caller, uh, please let Sebastian or our new operator, Faz, know. And, and when you get to the air, hey, you get your garden wings. Yes, and our little indeed. mantra is, call early, call often, one question per call. There you go. All right. Now, of course, lots going on mm-hmm. in the world of gardens and garden societies. So, uh Stay with us, of course, for this entire show, because uh, in the next 20 minutes or so, we will be joined by a special guest, Lorraine Roberts from Plant Paradise Country Gardens, will be on the line to give us an update on what's going on at her beautiful country gardens. As well, she's going to talk about Big Open House that they're having Mm -hmm. out in Caledon next weekend. So more coming from her. The Richmond Hill Garden and Hort Society will be meeting this July the 3rd, 7.30 p.m. They meet at the McConaughey. Center, which is 10100 Young Street. The meeting includes an awful lot of activities. Guest speaker, Celia Roberts, uh, a rose flower show. Uh, tickets are available for an upcoming pollinator tour, and there's plants for sale as well. So that's a big meeting going on in Richmond Hill. Um, now, did you know 
that there's it's an interesting sale going on. It's called whatever your garden is lacking, you'll find it at the Buffalo Style Garden Art Sale going on this weekend. Forty six vendors of garden related art, live music, food trucks, uh, basket raffles, and a Plant Society Avenue. Where the For heck is this more happening? Information it's in Buffalo. For oh. more information, email art sale at gardensbuffaloniagara.com. Okay, and, or there's a phone number seven one six two four seven five zero zero four. So if you're going across, if you're in that area, it's a huge. It's in preparation for the garden tour, right? Yeah, yeah. Buffalo has the biggest garden tour in North America. But you know, it's been it's been years actually since I've been to Buffalo. But the last time I was there, I was amazed at the reconstruction of the whole downtown mm-hmm. area. It's been it's beautiful. They're, they've done some really great yeah. advertising and marketing. It's like, mm-hmm. do you think of Buffalo like this? And it shows you know rusty old and the snow being buried. <laughs> That's right, yeah. snow megadon stuff. Yeah. And then, then, but this is Buffalo. Yeah, and, yeah. and yes, no, there's been a lot of rejuvenation of that city. So it's a can be quite a fun place to visit. Uh, also happening, another garden tour, July next Sunday, July the 8th. This was put on by the Scarborough Garden and Hort Society. They're hosting from 12 noon to 4 p.m. Eight unique gardens and an afternoon tea, all for $10. Tickets are available in the parking lot of the Scarborough Recreation Center on the day of the tour. So a mm-hmm. week tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Tickets will be for sale, 3600 Kingston Road and Markham Road. Uh, one more thing, also next week, Sunday... July 8th, the Thornhill Hort Society is putting on their garden tour. It's self-guided. It's from 11 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. There are 10 gardens all in the Thornhill Mm. community. Tickets are only $15 each, available at Woodhill Garden Center on Steels and Wild Birds Unlimited on Young Street. Okay. And I'll hold off all the rest of them for <laughs> later. Yeah, because we're bumping up against the time when we, we must take a little break here, which we'll do. Okay. And then when we return, we'll be having a chat with Marianne in Etobicoke. So Wonderful. stand by for all of that here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, let's uh, just get running along here with uh, Etobicoke in mind. There's Marianne. Good morning, Marianne. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Um, Charlie, mm-hmm. in this, this is fertilizing time, and I use miracle Grow on my hose. Okay. Consequently, some of the fertilizer gets on the leaves of my plants. Mm-hmm. With this extreme heat, mm-hmm. is that a problem? Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, so, but all that means is... You don't want to be spraying fertilizers, insecticides, even water on plants at high noon in this heat because it's just it's too shocking, particularly keeping in mind that the water coming out of the hose is so cold. Right. So it's those temperature extremes Mm -hmm. are uh, very um, big stress on tissue, plant tissue, and you will see them curl or turn brown or be very unhappy with that. No problem, though, with with the hose attached fertilizer. uh, 
um, spray, and they are designed, those sprays are designed to get on the leaves because there is some absorption of the fertilizer through the, the leaf surface. Right. But do it early in the day, like do it now or before now or late in the day, preferably the morning because you want your plants dry before the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, any watering, any fertilizing, any spraying of any kind should be happening before 9 a.m. for the okay. next Okay, so next if week. I do, as you say, mm-hmm. what dries on those leaves is fine later in the day when the heat's there. Yep, yep. it's fine. The plants will, will be fine with that. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you for your help. Great question. Thank you, Thanks for calling. Yeah. Bye-bye. You know, remember the uh, lovely lady who sent you the box of chocolates, Joan Love? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Terrific gal. And, and terrific chocolate. Every morning, she's up 4 o'clock in the morning. What? She's out watering. Honest to Pete. What? Pee. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's amazing. But that Does she sleep in in the winter and just no, get up early in the no, summer? I don't know. But but I, wow. I hope she, Well, okay, but watering every day is never a good idea. Well, I, Unless I don't. she's got such a big garden that she, maybe she does yeah. in quadrants. Like, I am sure you know, that's one the case. Day She's an excellent area. gardener. Yeah, if you've uh, told me, I'd love to see her garden oh, someday. Well, there you go. We'll yeah. move over sometime, okay? Yeah. Hey, Josephine and Pickering, welcome back to the show. Good morning. Good morning. How are you two this morning? Excellent. Great. And yourself? great to be a Canadian? <laughs> oh, you betcha. <laughs> best going. Okay, Charlie, this is for you. All right, I'm ready. You know that azalea? Uh, yes. From, my, from April... That you were given as a gift. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's got leaves on it. Okay, good. It frosted about two-thirds of them. Okay. I could not get the 30 uh, fertilizer for it. The highest I could get was 20. Uh, okay. I tried at Vandermeer's, Canadian Tire, and Home Depot. Couldn't get it anywhere. Okay, so that, I think, I'm just thinking back here. I think, was uh, Sean here when you last called? No. No? Okay, I was just thinking. Some, because I remember 301010. Somebody recommended that to yeah, you. Yeah, I remember you saying a 30, but I couldn't remember okay. what came after it. Yeah. The highest that I got was a 20, which is good for hydrangeas. Yeah, which is fine. I mean, the main thing with an azalea is this is an, an acid-loving plant. So we want a fertilizer for as for plants that are acid-loving plants, the members of the ericaceae, they, they love their low pH. So any fertilizer that's designed for acid-loving plants will have sulfur as an addition into that fertilizer to help keep the pH low. Hmm. Could it be that I'm not talking very nicely to it? Well, I was going to yeah. say, are you keeping it well-watered? I'm or, keeping it well-watered. Okay, because they do love their water. But it's driving me nuts. Oh, well, you know... Well, don't let it drive you nuts. Is it outside or inside? No, it's inside. Can I put it outside on the porch? Absolutely. Get it. It's going to love this humidity. So get it outside. Of course, don't put it in full sun. Just put it in a shady spot for now. Make sure it's got a bowl beneath it and there's none of that wrapping around the pot. So that, No, there's no wrapping around the yeah, pot. So the drainage is... is good out of the bottom of the pot and the saucer below give it a good thorough watering put it out in the shade and let it just enjoy all this heat and humidity azaleas love this kind of stuff and i look at it i've I've told the kids don't ever buy me another azalea (laughs) i know sometimes people struggle with them but you know what they are to my mind they're really easy plants like as long as you remember to water them that's the main thing oh i water it okay but it's looking at me right now giving me dirty looks oh well you know it, it it will grow back a bunch of leaves you'll see and when you least expect it it's going to get a whole bunch of buds and start flowering again for you oh, that'll be, neat. be a surprise yeah, yeah. Well, you call then us you, when that happens then you're going to like it again <laughs> i'll call you again all okay. have a 
good Canada Day and a good weekend. And Thank you, you too. Thank you. Thanks for Speaking waving the flag a bit there, too. Canada Day. <clears throat> I don't know where, but there was like massive fireworks going off last night, sort of oh, really? over towards Wonderland. Is it possible yeah, yeah. that they've oh, yeah, got sure. fireworks every night this weekend? That could be. I just seemed a bit yeah. precipitous, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, precipitous. Yes, it was hmm. only the 29th of June. <laughs> I guess they were practicing, maybe. Right. Now, I know this is not a first-time caller, because when I see the designation of the location, South Etobicoke, ah, that's Sandra, who's called <laughs> us before. Hi, Sandra. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Thank happy Canada Day. Thank Indeed. you. Thank you. Um, Yes, that's Sebastian. Even though I say Etobicoke, he still adds the south. I know. Yeah, that's Sebastian. He's got that. Um, I have a question about my sage. Uh-huh. I've been growing it now for, I don't know, 25 years, and mm. I've never seen anything on the leaves in the way of a blight, I'm guessing. It's just a few leaves, so I cut them all off. Mm-hmm. But there were black marks in the middle of the leaf. I couldn't see any insects. Um, if I hold the leaf up to the light, it almost looks translucent. Oh, interesting. So and when that happens, when, when a leaf actually ends up looking a bit like stained glass, because the tissue has actually been removed in the middle of the leaf, it's an insect called a leaf miner. So it mines the leaf and it chews through inside the leaf and ends up leaving that, that sort of clear see-through look to the leaf. But the clear see-through through look is only visible if you hold it up to the light. Right. On the plant, it looks like a black, black mark, and it's in the middle. Mm-hmm. There's nothing being eaten through the leaf. Hmm. No. It's, you it's intact. Yeah, you would never see the actual entry holes or exit holes, very small insects. No. Um, but good idea when you do remove the leaves that have any spots on them and do remove them from the property. So put them right into the garbage. Uh, so, I did that, and it was just a few leaves, so mm-hmm. I thought, well, I'll yeah. cut them off straight away. Good idea. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I should be doing something. It's a, no. I don't know what it is. No, don't do anything. It, sage or salvia is extremely tough plant. So even if you lose a few leaves along the way, not the end of the world, I will do a quick uh, um, bit of research here to see if there's something going on that I'm unaware of. But off the top of my head, don't worry about it. Just do what you've done. Good okay, garden I hygiene. I tried looking in my gardening books as well, and mm. I couldn't find any. That's right, because it just doesn't happen. <laughs> Nothing's ever attacked it. That's right. Nothing's ever <laughs> It's not a very edible plant. It's so it's such a strong, pungent plant that mm-hmm. most insects do not choose to eat it. So it's that's why. That's I was why. So surprised, and I, then I wondered what. If it was being burnt, surely more of the plant would be looking brown. Right. Yeah, I mean, certainly the heat, we're going to see some uh, response. Some of the plants are going to respond to all this heat, and we'll end up seeing some spots, some curling mm-hmm. of the leaves, a mm-hmm. certain amount of um, stress because of this high heat. Many of our plants aren't used to this kind of heat, so they're just like, what? But the, the, the plants we find, we'll just might see a little bit of uh, leaves just as you've done. Remove and remove from the property. Thank you. Okay, okay thank thanks, you. Sandra. Keep cool. And you too. <laughs> you Happy bet. Canada uh, Day. That's a darn good suggestion for yeah. this weekend and in the whole coming week, as a matter of fact. Um, we have to take a little bit of a break, but I'm looking forward to welcoming our next caller because the next caller is a first-time caller. i got to get my bell out and start ringing it very Excellent. shortly. It's an exercise. Here on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 
And uh, the uh, sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. That's here. a good point. Yes. The under, under, under gardener. And that's that's You're right. The best. I well, I don't get promoted very often. <laughs> so, sure. uh, but I do have ten this years, bell, and you're still not promoted. Which, by the way, is a Salvation Army bell. I know. Yeah. It could come in handy sometime uh, in the future. You never <laughs> that's know. Right. All right. Wait a minute. There it is. There's that bell for Shirley, first time caller from Hamilton. Hi, Shirley. Good morning. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Uh, Happy Canada Day to both of you. Uh, I'm calling about my uh, climbing roses, which uh, were absolutely beautiful, but Mm. with all the wind and rainstorms that we've had, the canes at the top half of them have all bent over. And uh, I don't, I tried to, you know, support them and uh, tie them back and Mm. so on, but. It really wasn't successful, so I was wondering if you had some suggestion for me. I was wondering whether I could cut some of it back mm-hmm. and uh, whether that would be a good thing. I know this isn't the right time of the year to do no. that for roses, but... No, but um, where are they climbing? On a wall? On a They're tre- climbing, well, they're, they're kind of outside my kitchen window, mm-hmm. and they're not real... They're tall, mm-hmm. but they're not really climbing. Um, you know, they're about 8, 10 feet tall, and they have um, um, a wrought iron support, um, sort of an oblong support um, thing there. And um, But, um, you know, they look, they finished flowering, and um, they were absolutely beautiful, but now they look pretty sad. So if with that wind and the bending and the, you know, being whipped around, they've ended up um, actually, you know, literally bending so that when you look at the, from above the bend, the leaves look wilted or twisted or curled. Or, and, you know, they're just not, like you say, just not happy from that point. Do not hesitate. Get out some sharp pruners and prune below where the bend happened. Okay. Obviously just above a leaf. Yeah, Prefer- that could be, that could be close to... <laughs> three or four feet is that still well, okay yeah i mean you got to do what you got to do if those because if those um canes will not survive because of the damage that has happened like you mm. said in the wind etc better to cut right down and and do it now you will find that once this heat is, is passed we will you'll get some new growth from that point where you have cut and that's fine and they will just look green and bushy and if they are ever blooming roses then you're likely to get some more uh, flowers on them remember this is our sort of our last month to do any fertilizing on our roses it, within the month of july because by the end of july we are cutting off all fertilizer in the garden so that's another way to encourage some new growth to yeah to there's back. lots of new growth down near the the ground right right um so i mean they're still alive and they're pretty sad looking mm-hmm. and and they're also <laughs> obstructing my entrance um, <laughs> stairs. But you don't want that. No. no. That's right. Remember, you are the master. The plants <laughs> will try and take over, but you are in charge. So when a climbing rose, I have the same thing where they, they kind of shoot out uh, down a walkway at the side of my house, and I just, I am ruthless. I say, no, I do not want that cane there. So if it's shooting out in a walkway, I just go right back and cut it back whatever the time of year. It doesn't matter. Okay. Just, Cut okay, back well, that's, I, I've been toying with this 
for the last couple of weeks, yeah. and I thought, oh, heck, I'm going to call you yeah. and get your expert advice on yeah. it because I I didn't want to kill the plant. Oh, no, you won't kill. I, I mean, if you took 90% of the plant away, yes, you might kill it. But to take a couple of canes off, no big deal. Yeah, well, it's going to be more than a couple of canes well, like because said, it's a fairly big... Well, that's fine. That's yeah. what, But like I said, you can fertilize to support some new growth, which will make you feel better and the rose as well. Okay. Okay. okay thank you so much. I listen to the program all the time. I love the, love your program. I love <laughs> love your 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 show, and uh, I'm I always get lots of good tips. Excellent. Excellent. Thank, stuff, thank you. Appreciate Thanks for that. joining us. Yes. And okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Wave that Canadian flag. Now. That's right. Okay. You should be wearing like. Oh, I'm yeah. Sort of wearing well, a red. you're wearing red. Yeah. Was, really I, I never thought that. of that. Hey, we've got a special guest. We do indeed, and I know she is on the line right now. I'll let you introduce her. All right. Well, I would like to introduce and welcome back Lorraine Roberts from Plant Paradise Country Gardens. Uh, she and her husband run a beautiful, it is considered a botanical garden. It's also considered um, an organically, uh, or an organic mm-hmm. perennial farm. So it's a place you can go buy plants. You can wander around, enjoy some of the gardens. And Lorraine is an author as well. I had a peek at this book that uh, you have. Yes. You have uh, oh, my God. God, Lorraine is beautiful. Spectacular plant combinations. Good morning, Lorraine. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Lorraine. Good Uh, morning. How are things up in up in Caledon? Beautiful. Yeah, not hot though. I was going to say not too hot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know it. But how are your gardens? I imagine you've done some expansion since I was last there. We have expanded, and the gardens are looking beautiful. Even though we don't water our gardens, they're looking very beautiful and blooming. The peonies have just finished blooming. Right. So they were spectacular this year. And But, you know, don't you think that we've been pretty lucky with the rain this year, I find, or where I'm in Richmond Hill. It feels like when we have had rain, it's been a good rain, like a good um, soaking rain. But then we've gone, you know, 10 days, two weeks with no rain, and then we'll get another soaking rain. I mean, the wind is bad. Definitely. But, Definitely good rain. Yeah, so I, I have I don't I have I haven't watered anything in my garden other than oh, my vegetables. I you know watered when I plant little tomatoes yeah. and stuff, but I haven't watered anything either. It's just been I have very heavy clay soil though. You okay. on the other hand don't. Mind you, I've, we we have beautiful loam soil in certain areas, and then we do have clay soil in other areas, which we amend, of course, of course. with compost. Yeah, me too, of course. Yeah. And so I always remember your delphiniums as being particularly beautiful. Are they going to be in bloom for next week? They will be. Um, we, we've cut back on our delphiniums oh, in the gardens because we've transformed our garden since then. Uh, we've had some issues with uh, cyclamen mite on the delphiniums, a type of mite that actually attacked our delphiniums. So we're just redo- we have delphiniums in bloom and we still grow them, mm-hmm. um, but um, the mite actually transferred from our monkshood oh, to wow. our delphiniums. Interesting. That was a few years back, so mm-hmm. they're... They're regenerating, and they're looking great. Yeah, I'm trying okay. to uh, get a picture in my mind, Lorraine, of, of your property. How, how much are we to acreage? How much are we talking about? Um, there's actually 24 acres wow. and a bit. Uh, we're actually on a property that is very hilly, and we're surrounded by reforested uh, pine forests and spruce trees, and we have seven acres of hardwood forest. Oh, sounds beautiful. And there's nature trails. Uh, the botanical gardens includes the formal gardens, 
and also nature trail walks. And we have Centerville Creek, which is a tributary to the Humber River at the whole back of the property. And we also have an acre pond. Right. I remember so it's the quite pond. beautiful. Yeah, wow. It is. Sounds gorgeous. And normally yeah. you charge admission for people to come and visit and go on a tour of the gardens. But next weekend is special. Yes. Garden Fest is uh, next weekend at Plant Paradise. It's our 11th anniversary, Mm -hmm. and we celebrate with free admission to tour the botanical gardens. And I also do some guided tours, Mm -hmm. um, which is free also. Uh, People can sign up online on our website for that. Um, Definitely, it's uh, it's a great event, and we're open 9 to 5 each day, July 7th and 8th. And I almost guarantee that you've got one or two of your books uh, that could be purchased, (laughs) huh? Yes, yes, definitely. (laughs) At the uh, because it's always there, uh, the garden center is always free, mm-hmm. but the botanical gardens we usually do always charge eight dollars. Mm-hmm. But that weekend it's free admission. Nice. So you will have plants for sale. These are all as, as noted on your website, organically produced perennials. Yes, we grow all the per- we grow thousands of perennials mm-hmm. here. Um, this year was a bumper crop, and we grow everything organically on site. Everything we grow here, we uh-huh. trial and test in the botanical garden. Right. But we do have all these plants for sale in containers, and uh, there's quite a quite. They're looking beautiful, okay. and uh, yes, we do have some for sale here too. After after touring the gardens, you can shop at our garden center. Is yeah. there a website that we could maybe promote for you? Definitely. Um, our website is plantparadise.ca. Well, that's simple. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, and, so, uh, oh, so it's interesting because it also comes up under plantparadisecountrygardens.ca. So I guess yeah, that's got, our main site. So most people, it's a, it's a mouthful, right? <laughs> so uh, we have both sites. Uh, so, plantparadisecountrygardens.ca is also our main website. And but the other one, plantparadise.ca, gets forwarded to that site. I got it. Yeah. So I mean, and there's yeah. a whole page here on Garden Fest next week, July seventh and eighth. Open nine to five. And as you suggest, register in advance for a group tour, and that way you can be organized in terms of having you know people looked after and and shown That's some right. of your special. I mean, your collection is quite special. To so it's to go on the tour is an opportunity for you to explain to people what's what you've done and how you've gotten to where you are. Yeah, definitely. What happens on the tour, I do a guided tour with a wireless microphone. Mm. So it's actually, I go over, just based on my book, uh, because my book, Spectacular Plant Combinations for the Perennial Garden, I photographed all here on site. Mm -hmm. So when I do the tours, I actually go along, I tell you about the history of how it all started. We started just grass, trees, and house. So all these gardens uh, we created uh, from 1999 onward. Mm -hmm. And... um, so I go about and I talk about all the plant combinations, how I design the gardens, and how I we ways we garden environmentally mm-hmm. and sustainably. And I also talk about how I only weed once a year, <laughs> and I only I'm the only one looking after these gardens. <laughs> no, it's amazing <laughs> actually. Um, and my husband he cuts the grass, <laughs> and I get the main help we have here is just for growing the plants. Right. I have a greenhouse assistant, so that's watering those containers and everything. Yeah. That's a big job. Well, but I go along the tour and yeah. explain everything and how uh, all the different combinations and different plants. So it's, it's you know, it's a fun time. Yeah. Uh, but definitely, um, 
We also do have a little snack area. You can have a muffin or a drink or under the covered patio, too. Nice. A labor yes. of love is what I, I described that. I was going to say, it is yeah. a labor. It's 20 years of, of labor of love, but it is very beautiful gardens. I'd highly recommend it. And if anybody can get out to Caledon next weekend, join you and your husband at the open house. And congratulations on your anniversary. Oh, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, we've won a few awards. Uh, Last year, we won Destination Garden Center of the Year from the Canadian Garden Council. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. Congratulations uh, on that, too. And a few other awards uh, from our local headwaters. We won uh, Best Nature and Leisure Visitor Experience. That's great. So it's always fun. uh, Yeah, educational and fun. That's that's our mantra, too. Exactly. Good stuff. Thanks, Lorraine. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You're very Have welcome. You Alrighty. too. Stay take cool. <laughs> yeah, stay cool indeed. Uh, Look, we're going to take that's a nice picture, right? Oh, beautiful. Out of the some some wonderful yeah. photographs. And, and Lorraine's quite a taken all the, all the photographs as well. Yeah, she has. Uh, let me remind folks of our phone numbers because we have a couple of lines open right now. 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, toll free. 1-866-740-4740. And we're going to be back in just a couple of moments to have a chat with Anton, who is in Pickering. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, let's uh, go to the phones, uh, Charlie, once again, uh, check in with Anton out there in Pickering. Good morning, Anton. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, I got maybe a tough question, but anyway... uh, I have about uh, four plum trees, mm-hmm. and those trees, uh, otherwise they're very, very healthy, leaves and all that, they're healthy and nice trees, but I do have uh, that black growth on the branches. Yes, called black knot, K-N-O-T, black and knot. And more I cutting, more they're growing. Right. There is anything to stop that? No, that is a fungus, a fungal disease that has in fact it's infected originally probably one tree but it's uh air the wind blows the spores around and of course the spores are microscopic so you can't see those they land on the tree they proceed to uh penetrate through the bark into the tree and it's an internal disease so you've got this fungus floating around inside the tree and what happens of course is you start to get that what looks like a cancerous tumor like growth on the branches it's called black not because they it turns black so the only way and you never really you can try and eradicate if you're early in the game when when the infection first happens Um, and it's all about pruning the branches out at least 18 inches in from the knots from the the cancerous looking growths Mm -hmm. and do being very very careful to uh, disinfect your pruners between each cut so it's rubbing alcohol, a dip or wipe on the blades, and then it's removing the infected wood from the property. And not even burning it isn't even a good idea because, again, those spores go up into the smoke and blow around and, you know, you don't actually eradicate the, 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 it at all. So it's, it is a challenge to get, to get rid of the, the cut, you know, the, what you've removed, but it is important to get rid of it because it will continue to reinfect your, your trees. Yeah, I've been I've been challenging. I actually I throw two of them out already, yeah. 
but uh, they're they're excellent uh, excellent fruit very good we like it and uh, I do have a room for them yeah well so I mean it, it, sometimes that you'll get the knots so much into the main stem of the tree that there's no option you just have to take the tree down and yes, and yeah, but yeah. as long as the, the knots are out on the branches yeah. you can continue to prove ugly prune. looking thing isn't oh, it? I was Ooh. showing Frank the photos of uh, black knot on the web here while we yeah, were during yeah, that break yeah. and he was like whoa <laughs> that is so ugly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But like I like I said, if uh, if you come and take a look at the tree, you would say, "Oh, that's a beautiful, healthy tree. It's leaves and everything. It's, yeah. it's very, very healthy." Uh, I do spray them for those bugs and things like that, but that thing I cannot get no. uh, rid no. of it. No, it's, it's and there is no yeah. way to get rid of it other than cut but, it out. just be yeah. lucky enough to get rid of it by cutting it out and removing what you've cut from yeah. the property. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Anton. Lot, guys. Have You're a nice welcome. weekend. Yeah, you bet. Hey, Happy Canada Day to you. Yeah, as well, Anton. you guys. Nice talking to you. Okay. Enjoy the long weekend. Indeed. Uh, let's uh, run off to Cambridge. Camber off to Cambridge. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Lorraine, let's canter. <laughs> Lorraine on the hey, line. Good morning, Lorraine. Hi, good morning. Good. How are you? Good. I'm sitting out here in my front watching my woodpeckers, my downy woodpeckers. Oh, a family of them. Oh, <laughs> Anyway, I called to see how to get rid of uh, Virginia creeper, and I've got I use some Roundup. I don't use it vigorously. I put some on the bindweed, but but I don't think it's working on the. Um, Virginia creeper. Is it from the neighbors, or is it on your property? It's on my property. Okay, so is it? Uh, so it's just growing in the middle of the garden, or it's on a fence? No, or? it's right on along the edge of the driveway. It just sort of popped out. Oh, I have a, a very natural part um, place. Yes, and uh, like there's a lot of trees and rocks and things come up. Right. I have a wild rose that come up with without me. It just came. Yeah, birds probably dropping seeds. Yes. Um, so, uh, yes. So, so can you... It, it's oh, not going to harm anybody else's place. I might have to dig it up. Well, it, uh, what I would do is I would find all those trailers, cut out everything that you can, so you're yeah. right back to the main stem. Okay. And there you have that stump. So depending on how long that Virginia creeper's been there, it might be something you could dig out if it's recently arrived in the last couple of years. If it's been there for five or ten years, it'll be quite difficult because it'll be a lot of digging um, and it is a very difficult plant to kill um, based on my own experience of having planted its sister plant Boston Ivy uh, once oh, I yes. totally regretted it because it, the plant was just taking over everything and it was really really hard to get rid of and the only way I finally killed it was with a road salt oh, and really? yeah oh. and I you know literally uh, cut it all down but of course it kept growing back from the root and you know every day I was out there cutting and cutting and cutting it just was growing overnight and finally I just gave up and I just poured a bunch of salt over the stump now that of course made that bit of ground salty yes. so not a, a good growing environment mm-hmm. for a few years until the sure. salt had slowly been neutralized with water and rain but it definitely did kill the ivy so that was yeah. something that did work okay. at the end of the day salt. Yeah. Um, the the chemical one or the no, just um, you know, the yellow bag with the black writing that okay. you know it's yeah. the big chunks of salt. That's okay. exactly. Yeah, wow. Don't get anything that's environmentally friendly because no. <laughs> it's got to be unfriendly. Before you run away, Lorraine, uh, yeah. your call uh, mentioning your little family of woodpeckers there brings up a little thought that just crossed my mind. You know, with all the news reports about concussions with uh, football players, oh. hockey players, how come woodpeckers don't get concussions when they they're have... smacking their head? 
head against that, that yes, tree. One just did about two minutes ago. Yeah. You got a concussion? <laughs> or? into there and flew off. <laughs> but they have some special anatomy. They're, like their brains don't wiggle around in their heads. They, have they some... mustn't because they have, they have all those fierce pecking they do. Oh, that, I know. That must be terrible. Oh. That would be concussive. If... Well, there's a woodpecker that always... Uh, uh, does a pecking thing on my furnace flue, which is metal. <laughs> like, oh, it's really Lord. loud. Yes. <laughs> I say, why are you doing that? Like, send, it's like smoke signals, you know. Yes, they're like, pretty, they're more pretty noisy, even on, the, even on the wood. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to have to do some research into that. Yeah, no, it you. is. It's fascinating how yeah. they do survive. Yeah. Thanks right. so much for your call, Lorraine. Thanks, Lorraine. Have a great weekend. All righty. We're uh, up against our next break here, but uh, we will return, of course, with uh, more callers. In fact, Rosalie on the line from Hamilton. We'll be checking in with her next. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, it's off to Hamilton. Now, whether it's Hamilton Mountain or down below, I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> hey, there's Rosalie. Good morning, Rosalie. Good morning. Morning. How are you today? Excellent. Good. Um, I have a question. We're on the Mount Hamilton Mountain, and we have some fruit trees in our yard. So in the fall, we do prune them. It's an apple and a pear. And as the season progresses, we know the new shoots coming up, the mm-hmm. suckers, mm-hmm. is... They're a better time to trim those off, or can you trim them off, like, at the end of the summer, in the fall? When's the best time? Because does it affect the growth at all? Yeah, I would trim them whenever I see them. Okay. But I also, when you're doing, you mentioned you do your fruit tree trimming in the fall. You should be doing your fruit tree trimming in the late winter, early spring. Um, yeah, that, well, we usually do it probably into November. Oh. Yeah, but it's still... Better to leave the tree through the coldest, darkest days of winter, and then as soon as we get some nice weather, it could be February, it could be March, but it's dry, it's typically sunny, and you can totally see what's going on in terms of the scaffold, branches, etc. on Mm -hmm. the trees. Mm -hmm. That's your perfect time to do your pruning. And then shortly thereafter, of course, we get out with the dormant spray, Mm -hmm. and we've got the the trees all ready to go, and you'll have far fewer suckers if you trim then. Oh, is that right? So wait till it's cold, at least have a bit of a cold spell? Mm-hmm, exactly. Get through the winter into late winter, early spring, and then go to town, do whatever trimming you need to do. For now, though, remove suckers when you see them. They will never bear fruit. No. They are just going to rob the. Well, they just um, slow the air circulation, they block the light, they, and they certainly block the ability of the fruiting mm-hmm. branches to grow because they're just putting all the energy into the those little spouts, water spouts, we call them. True. It, in, I, I noticed in the fall, like when we did it probably November-ish, mm-hmm. it's not as easy easy to prune because the leaves are still there. Exactly. That's so in the of... spring, you're right, the leaves aren't there, so I can see more can... of the stalks that I have to trim further. But... That's right. And you can stand back and you can, you know, th- there is correct ways to prune fruit trees. Mm-hmm. It's, it, you know, it's opening them, the canopy, allowing that sun and air, air to get in. And, yeah. and, and also the... um, encouraging fruiting branches. So, you know, accessible fruiting branches. So right. wide and, and low is, is typically what we'll do with the fruit trees. Yeah, wide, low is better. When they're mm-hmm. too tall, you can't get it. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> thank you very much. Okay, Thanks thank for calling, you. Rosalie. You too. Bye-bye. And happy Canada Day as well. Uh, we'll send that little note to Patricia in Brantford, who's on the line. Hi, good morning, Patricia. Yes, good morning. Morning. I, I just have a question with regards to about six large blooming um, salvia plants. Uh-huh. Um, 
but they flop over sort of in a circle, which leaves the center exposed mm-hmm. with all the brown woody stems showing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look very attractive. And I'm just wondering, does the salvia need to be supported in some way to prevent this, or what's going on? Okay, so what you're seeing is the classic of what happens with many of our perennials as they age. Mm-hmm. So when you first plant that plant, it's this beautiful little clump, and mm-hmm. it grows up green, and then it blooms, and, and then, you know, winter comes, and it does starts into the cycle. Well, over the years, and this, this is why we talk about digging and dividing our perennials, because mm-hmm. over the years, the original center of the plants dies out, and mm-hmm. all the new growth is on the outside edge of that clump. So oh. you do end up with that circle. It happens with irises. It happens with so uh, many of our ornamental grasses. So the center dies out, but the out- outer edge or ring is alive. So every three to four years, we get out the shovel, we dig up the whole clump, we chop out the edges, which is where all that life is, mm-hmm. and we toss out that center um barky, dead um, wood that's not producing any growth whatsoever and replant either back in the same place or, you know, spread around the garden. But so that's just that's just a maintenance thing. That's what you're seeing. They so shouldn't flop. be done every spring? Nope. It's, a, it's more like every three to four or five years. Every, but in the springtime? In the or? spring would be the preferred time, though you could, if it worked better for your schedule, do mm-hmm. it in the fall. It doesn't matter. But oh. either end, spring or fall, not now. Okay. Okay. And then it shouldn't flop uh, if they. If sometimes plants will flop because they're uh, just too much rain, uh, not enough sun. They'll get you know tall and straggly, or too much even fertilizer. So be careful with hold back on fertilizer on that plant. And mm-hmm. if necessary, yes, you may have to put some little stakes uh, around just to hold them upright. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. Well, we'll give that a try then. Okay. All right, Patricia. Thank you. Thanks thank for you. calling. Uh, we do have one final call. I hope we can get in okay. here. Yeah, first time caller, as a matter of fact. Oh, hey, welcome. That's for Susie in yeah. London. Hello, Susie. Morning. Hi, Susie. Hi, how are you? Whoop, where is she? Hello. Hello. Oh, there, you are. there we are. Go ahead, Susie. Oh. What's okay? Um, I have a pagoda dogwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. And it's about seven feet tall, five feet wide. Beautiful, lush and green. It's quite old. I think it was um, uh, grown here um, when we moved in about twenty-five years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it doesn't flower. It oh. flowered earlier on many years ago. It doesn't now. Have, okay, so is it really dense? Hello. Do you do any pruning on it? Uh, hello. Hello. Okay, so tell you what, you hang up and, and turn up your radio because we're having trouble hearing you and you're having trouble hearing us. So that's my suggestion, Susie. And a pagoda dogwood is native, lovely plant, typically grown as an understory tree, naturally native to our area. So big, tall trees with this as a smaller a tree beneath the canopy. It likes part sun, part shade. Um, it should be thinned every couple of years because it will get very, very thick and dense just to encourage that flowering. And the trimming, of course, would take place early in the spring or late in the fall to have that sort of late spring flowering. Um, one of my all-time favorite trees, actually. I really love many, many of the dogwoods, but I love that one particularly. So, uh, And then make sure it's been, the soil has got its 20-year-old tree. Make sure you are top dressing around it. Mm-hmm. With some good, it. yeah, yep. compost.
compost, good organic material, leaf litter, any of those things that will help feed in a slow, organic way. And you're likely to see some better growth and flowering growth as a result. All right. And that's just about it. Well, my gosh, look at the time. 30 got seconds, 30 baby. 30 seconds left, huh? Oh. Yeah. Did you want to share anything in the 30 well, seconds? Well, <laughs> uh, first of all, uh, I, I enjoyed meeting an old friend from Lindsay. Dave and Sheila Peel actually came to the farm yesterday, and we had a wonderful afternoon. So good seeing them again. Mm-hmm. Nice touching bases with friends you haven't seen for a while, huh? There you go. So that's, yep. that should be our mantra for, for Canada Day. You Reach out it. to people you haven't talked to in a while and have some fun with them. Exactly. And everybody have a safe and happy holiday. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Thank Sebastian. You. And Faz, see you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.